0: You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez.
1: All right, well, welcome to this week's Momentum. Uh, so great to have you tuning in all around the nation. Hey, just a uh, quick point to the website before we launch into the show, MomentumAustralia.org. Uh, lots of stuff there for you to help you succeed in life, which is our tagline. My co-host friend is uh, back with us. Great guy as well, Dez. Uh, you don't know me that well. <laughs> no, it's just
2: great. I, I, I love what we do. and um, we're, we're so blessed today. This is really it's really cool to have this fine young man with us. Uh, just uh, just on the web- let me just tell you about our support line. We mention this every week. We have a support line for men, which is the Momentum Care Line. The number's amazing. It's 1-800-000-MEN. And so, you know, even I can remember that as an old bloke. one 800 0 Six three six. The service is provided by our friends at Caroline Connections, and you can reach out and get help seven days a week, 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. 1 eight hundred triple zero 000
1: men. Yeah, and you know, we all need to have a conversation at some stage. So if you feel like you need a confidential one with someone that's not necessarily in a close circle, that's a good place to go, 1 800 000 636. You know, uh, we have some incredible people on the show, and uh, this week is no exception. We all have moments and experiences in life that changes. And today we're going to hear from someone who's got a profound story. In October 2006, Sam Cawthorn's life changed forever when he was involved in a major car accident, left him with an amputated right arm and a permanent disability in his right leg.
2: Yeah, Sam went on to become one of the world's most in-demand global professional speakers. And having spoken to him for just a few minutes, I can see why. It's amazing. So you're going to enjoy this conversation. Uh, Sam has inspired audiences in 36 countries, sharing his message of resilience with millions of people. And the stage was world leaders, including President Bill Clinton, Michael Jordan, Richard Branson and Dalai Lama. Let me just say, just and by way of reference, I'm one of the few people who have bought Michael Jordan a beer. And had no idea who he was.
1: <laughs> we'll come back to that. He's, uh, Sam is also the CEO founder of Speakers Institute and Speakers Tribe. He's the author of 11 books, including five international bestsellers. He's been both the Young Australian of the Year and more recently the Edupreneur of the Year. We'll find out what that means in just a moment. But Sam Cawthorn, welcome to Momentum Officially. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Well, firstly, how does it feel? I mean, when you hear yourself introduce that, I mean, there's a lot in that. And when most people just hear that for the first time, they go, wow, that's pretty impressive. How does that feel, knowing your journey and where you've come from and where you are right now? When you're introduced like that, what does that do for you?
3: Look, it it is a little surreal, but also at the same time, very humbled, uh, very, very blessed. Look, I, I just see myself as, you know, continuing to walk my walk uh and uh and all the accolades and all the success y- yes it makes me feel
1: good but i do know that there is more mm.
2: yeah that's a good good response man
1: just before we move on edupreneur yeah explain uh, that so, for me i've never heard yeah, of that term yeah. so
3: it's a, it, it's an award for uh entrepreneurs that are in in, in education Okay. Uh, you know, now nowadays there's an award for everything. You know, I was actually at a, a, at a dentist association recently, <laughs> and they actually had an award for the best toothpaste lid. I mean, look, <laughs> you, you've got every single award, but but basically, it's a it's an international award where you've got a lot of people that are in education. Uh, mm. But also uh, entrepreneurs, mm. and yeah. Uh, yeah, so so we we run an uh, education company, and and we won a global award for that. So it was a good feeling.
2: Oh, fantastic! So good. So t- tell us, Sam, about your upbringing. You know, and we know you're one of eleven kids. How do you remember the names of all eleven? That's the first question.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm number nine in the order. Ah. And see, so, you know how they say that it, with kids, it works in groups of three. You know, you've got the, yeah. the oldest, who's the you know the most the the the, the cheeky one. Then you've got the middle. Then the youngest is the most loved. I'm number nine, so I'm still trying to work out. Which <laughs> <one I'm laughs> But uh, but look, it's uh, it, it was a it was quite a fascinating journey. Look, we're, we're from Tasmania. I, I'm an uncle, I think, thirty nine times. Oh wow! I mean, that's what wow. happens down here in
2: Tasmania. <laughs> 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 it has that reputation. <laughs> so, growing up with a Indian father and a Scottish mother is, is that the right way? Actually, right? it's the
3: other way around. Oh, the other
2: way. Around. Oh, sorry. Is that- an Indian mother and a Scottish father. Yeah.
3: So, so my <laughs> father, yeah, he's got the whole red beard. and
2: Oh, really? What? <laughs> my
3: mum, you know, they're actually just out of Kolkata. Uh, and look, you could literally create a movie on how they met, uh, as dad was doing mm. some prac, uh, there in country India, about three hours out of Kolkata, uh, back in the 1950s. Uh, yeah. And then, then they met. And I suppose it was then love at first sight. And, wow. and I think my oldest sister was born in India and then they migrated here to Australia. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that was uh, uh, in Perth, mm. in WA, yeah. where most of us were all born. Actually, I think all of us were born in Perth. Actually, it's quite interesting. My oldest sister got married a week before my youngest brother was born.
1: Oh, wow! Yeah. Wow,
2: wow, wow. Yeah.
1: that's crazy. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing, Sam. As far as I mean, you described a bit about who you who you were, and we're going to launch into then the day you will change in two thousand and six. But up until that point, I mean, I think you you'd you'd had a bit of a bent towards some performing arts. Was dancing part of your thing?
3: Look, it was quite interesting. At school, I didn't quite
1: you know I didn't
3: quite fit in. It um, doesn't surprise at the me. Time, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also at the same time, I wasn't very academic uh, either. Right. And so I, in a way, I found my acceptance in the naughty kids, uh, they, these naughty kids, they sort of influenced me in a bit of a toxic way. Mm. And so I found myself getting kicked out of school oh. uh, and, you know, I, I got expelled, but, but I always knew deep down that there was still something more in my life. So I managed to get a good job with the Australian government as a youth futurist. But, I, yeah, wow. I also did a lot of extracurricular activities. So uh, I set up a, a, a little music studio at home. I was teaching singing. I was also, you know, playing the guitar, playing the piano. But also, yeah, I was doing a lot of uh, some dancing. I was I was youth pastor and musical director of the church. Wow. Uh, wow. At the same time, you know, uh, married and had, uh, had two kids. We, we got married when we were, uh, I think I, 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 we were 16 when we met, when we're 19, we got engaged, and then three days after I turned 20, we uh, we got married. Uh, and so, yeah, we're actually still together today, 25 years.
2: Congratulations. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. That, um, and that's, that's really interesting because getting married so young tends to lead to breakdown of marriages later on because you don't really know who you are when you get married at 20. So for you to survive that is incredible. Well done.
3: Yeah, look, how, how I see it, you know, we wanted to do life together. We wanted to, in yeah. a way, grow up together. Mm. We wanted to discover, in a way, our, ourselves together.
2: Mm. Yeah.
3: And, and so, y- yes, we've done work together as well, but, uh, and yet at the same time, I think they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah and yeah. you know, i think over the last 15 years i'm doing on average around you know 10 to 20 flights uh, every month i think my record is 56 flights in one month and so be, being uh, away a lot uh, and and like it i think that's actually brought us together quite strong
1: it has the option of going either way doesn't it and for some people it ruins the relationship or yeah. the distance makes the heart grow fonder in your case it's yeah. worked well for you so let mm-hmm. let's let's talk about The day of the accident, 2006, October. Um, Do you remember some of the day? Like, you know, people who've gone through that experience, it's just a bit of a blur. They don't remember anything. But do you remember the day before or the day of the accident?
3: I didn't remember initially. It was about 6 months later I started to get a few flashbacks and after about 12 months then I started to remember most of it. Right. But initially I didn't remember at all and you know and and in a way uh, I believe it's so it, it's a good thing for our system not to remember because it can yes. be quite traumatic. Sure. But sure. I did get some flashbacks and and then and then I put a few pieces together. But, but but like any other day, I was living in Launceston in Tasmania. I woke up and said goodbye to my, my wife and my two kids under the age of four. Uh, and then I jumped in my big company car, big V8 Statesman. Uh, <laughs> I was working for the Australian government as a youth futurist. So I did a lot of travel, um, driving travel, and, and I love driving and I always have. Mm. So I drove from Launceston, uh, you know, up along the top north coast of Tasmania uh, up to a place called um, uh, Burnie. I had some lunch there at uh, my favourite restaurant there at KFC. (laughs) 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 And so and then then I was driving back and it was about three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I I was doing a lot of extracurricular activities, you know, from youth pastor at church all the way through to my music studio, my dance um, stuff as well. And, I, and in a way, maybe something had to give.
1: Mm.
3: And, um, but, but I was told I'd fallen asleep behind the wheel oh. at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I was going around 104 in my big, uh, big, big company car, and there was a semi-trailer truck. Um, he was going about 102. Mm. And so I veered over the other side of the road, and I had a head-on collision with, with the truck. Oh. The truck driver thought I was committing suicide. Uh. Yeah, so it was It was pretty full on. My uh, my arm was ripped off. It was about 25 metres away from the car. Uh, oh. I had a lot of internal injuries, six broken ribs, lacerated liver punctured kidney. Uh, both of my lungs had collapsed. Uh, my hip was uh, shattered. My, my entire right leg was completely um, uh, wrecked. Femur, lost my kneecap, fibula, ankle, um, the entire lot. Yeah.
2: Wow! Whenever you came around after that, and um, in the hospital, obviously, what was your initial reaction?
3: I was I was in a state of denial. I, I, I'm thinking, man, this hasn't happened to me. I'm in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's gonna yeah. I'm in this. I'm in this really bad nightmare. It's going to finish because obviously, I'm I'm coming out of drugs. I'm a little bit here and there, everywhere. So it was about two days. I, I was in denial. This has, hasn't hasn't happened. It's okay. I'm going to wake up from this nightmare. And then um, realising what had happened, I remember going through pillow after pillow just simply from my tears. Actually, yeah. uh, if, if I may, I'll go back to what the, what the ambulance um, drivers said. They actually said that my heart stopped for about wow. three and a half minutes. Um, so I was, um, yeah, I was pretty clinically dead. Wow. Uh, they resuscitated me and then I was on life support for a week. Uh, and then waking up from this life support, yeah, yeah. I was I, I, I was in denial initially.
2: Yeah, and, and that's sort of understandable. I mean, I, I get that. You think, well, you know, this couldn't have happened to me.
3: Yeah, look, and it was very, it was very surreal. But you know, the interesting thing is, is that when I did wake up and when I realized what had happened, I, I, yes, I went through pillow after pillow from my tears, but not because I was sad for myself. Yeah. In a way, I w- I, there was a deep level of gratitude that I actually survived this. There's a lot of people out there that haven't survived yes. car accidents, mm. but I actually survived. And on top of that, no one else was injured. So even though it was my fault, you know, I've now counseled people that same thing happened to in- them. They fell asleep behind the wheel. They had a head-on collision with a family. Two members of that family mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. They're now up for manslaughter. They're locked up in jail. And I've helped yeah. people like that. So, so the good news is no one else was injured at all in the accident. Yeah. But, but but, I was really sad mainly because my kids would have to grow up with a disabled father.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, and that was
3: tough for me. That yeah, was really yes. tough. You know, I would, last time I saw my kids throwing them them up in the air with both arms, were running, skipping, you know, etc. And now all of a sudden I'm lame in a bed. Doctor said I'll never be able to walk ever again with one arm. I mean that's that, that's a tough moment mm. to to navigate. You but you you being a father,
1: yeah.
3: Um, and so I, that was quite traumatic
1: for mm-hmm. sure we're, we're going to take a short break it's probably not the best time to take a break but we need to take a short break obviously Sam Sam has lived and but there's still a heck of a journey in front of him we're going to explore that on the other side of this break in the meantime we are going to take a short break encourage you to check out the website momentumaustralia.org and we're going to come back with our very special guest Sam Cawthorne, on this week's Momentum in just a moment stay tuned
0: this is Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life find out more at momentumaustralia.org If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org.
1: All right, well, welcome back to Momentum. It is uh, Tim and Des with you, and our special guest this week is Sam Cawthorn. We've just uh, heard the moment back in 2006 that Sam's life changed forever. Essentially, just a quick recap, involved in a major car accident, left him with an amputated right arm, permanent disability in his right leg, and a whole host of other injuries. If you just tuned in, that's where we're starting this story right now. So, Sam, you've obviously... You've woken up in hospital. You did say it took you a little while to actually come to terms with the fact that this had happened, which is absolutely valid. And you just um, you just shared before the break, and Des and I were just talking with you um, during the break about the fact that you were weeping primarily for your kids not having a a healthy father. Like they were going to grow up with a disabled father. So just... Talk us through that for a moment, because I mean, let's be honest. A lot of us would just go into a a self pity mode in that moment. I've woken up. This has happened to me, and yet your focus wasn't you at all. It was your kids. Do do you know where that came from? Like, is that did you have to work at that, or was that was that genuinely where it was at? Was Was there a moment of self pity, or several moments of self pity for you along the way? Look, my um, and I'll answer it this way. My my father,
3: he. Was a uh, he? He was a, one of the biggest inspirations for me. Uh, mm. He was a very humble man, very religious, very, 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 very deep, faithful man, and, and he, he gave me this deep sense of gratitude, uh, and and being grateful even for the little things. My, my mm. father lived in a in, in a mindset of wonder.
1: Mm. He he,
3: he and even though he lived in a very simple life, he was a horticulturalist. He was a farmer. He was always in awe of the little things, right? Wow. And so, and so with that, um, with that deep sense of gratitude, even for the little things, obviously me being my father's son, uh, that has been a fundamental foundation for me. And so the moment that I woke up, you know, I, I, I was just so grateful that, you know, because you, if you think about it, right, here I am in one of the best hospital systems in the world. Here I am still having a wife by my bedside. Here I am still having healthy kids. Here I am still alive. Here I am, yeah. got a roof over my head, food in the fridge, money in my wallet, et cetera. I mean, really, in all reality, there's nothing really to complain about. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. And so and so, there's a deep sense of gratitude that has been instilled in my life for, for most of my journey. Mm. So for me, waking up, man, I'm, I'm grateful I'm alive. You know, I, I, I'm grateful I still got friends and family. I still got a, you know, a creator that loves me. And so for me, um, no. I actually it was, it was really interesting, right? Get this: that the nurses, the doctors, the uh, OTs, etc. They they saw that I was this overly positive person coming out of hospital. You know, coming out of a coma. Yeah. And this is what they said to my wife, my family. They said, "Look, he's in a little bit of denial. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, well, hear me out. He said, they, now he's going to hit a brick wall. At mm. the end of the day, just be prepared for this." Then at the end of the day, I didn't hit the brick wall. Then they said, then they said this, look, you know, he, he's a little bit over the top positive. Um, he's going to hit the brick wall at the end of the week. Just be ready for that. <laughs> he, he's going to hit it. And at the end of the week, it didn't happen. Then, we'll wait. And then they then said, look. This is this is unprecedented. We haven't seen this before. He will hit the brick wall in about a month's time. Just be ready for that. And a month came around and nothing. And then they, then they said, "This look, in twelve months time, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hit the brick wall." Now this accident was seventeen years ago. I'm still waiting for this apparent brick wall wow. uh, to, to to come. So, so for me, uh, everything is about a deep, real, real, true understanding of gratitude. Yeah and so you know I I wasn't concerned at all about my own you know physical you know being in a way mate I was I was more concerned with my kids like the last time I saw my kids I was throwing them up in the air with both arms we were running we were skipping they were they were everything I mean for for those fathers that are out there that that, that understand that you've got two young little girls and, and you've got this natural instinct to want to protect them to mm. want to bring yeah. joy to their life and then suddenly, now you end up to being in a wheelchair for the rest of your life with one arm. Flipping act, man! That that was something to really weep about for me. Mm,
2: yeah, mm. I mean it's amazing um, for men who are listening to the show, you know, who are facing trauma or in whatever situation they're in. That pure motivation, that acceptance, that grace that you had is all powerful. It can overcome anything. And and I just encourage men who are listening just to you know look for the positive in everything that's going on in your world. For, forget about the negative. Focus on you know your your fact that you've been created, that you've you know you've got you know whatever's in your life that's positive. Focus on that.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah. What you focus on is what you get.
2: Yeah. That's right.
3: So, so for me, everything is that everything starts with you first being authentic with yourself and with other people. Now, obviously, you'd be wise who you want to be, who you want to be transparent to and who you want to be vulnerable to, but you can't expect you to have that proximity around you and that supportive structure around you if you don't first of all be vulnerable with yourself and with other people. And I think people will want to have your back. When you are transparent and vulnerable to them. People mm-hmm. will not want to have your back. They won't even want to hang around with you if you're not, you know, living in a in, in a place of truth and transparency yeah. and vulnerability. And so for me, it, it's certainly been a fundamental foundation uh, as a as a man. For me to, yes, I still want to be masculine and, and tough and, and the like, but, but at the same time, I think that vulnerability and that authenticity is going to be pivotal for anyone at all to develop that supportive structure around you.
2: So, so it's, they're not mutually exclusive is what you're saying. You can be a real man, but yet be vulnerable and be open.
3: Can I share with you one really, really cool story that will blow everyone's mind? Get this ready. So so in August last year, my son, so my son was born after the car accident. My son, he turned 14 years old, going through puberty, tough time in his life. And so my son, and I I noticed this and he's navigating his whole body, sexuality, the, the whole lot. And at the same time, I was in a really busy time of year. This is, this is, this is in 20, end of 2022, really busy time of year. But you know what I decided to do? I decided to spend two months with my son. And so I rang up his school and I told the principal, I'm taking my son out of school for two months and the principal was cheering us on. So we went walkabout. So, what does that mean? here? Uh, it's an Aboriginal indigenous term where the where a boy becomes a man. So we went out back. We did 18,000 kilometers. I built this massive land, Toyota Land Cruiser, four-wheel drive, you know, three-inch lift, snorkel, rooftop tent, the whole lot, of swaggers. <laughs> and we did we we did all over Cape York, right up there in the top oh. north tip of of um of Australia. Then we went into Simpson Desert. And get this, we even came across in the middle of Simpson Desert. There was no phone coverage, nothing at all around. We came across an Aboriginal family that had that had um, that had actually had um, their car had broken down. The entire family they were stuck in forty degree heat for three days. No, oh, wow. wa- no, water, wow. no water, no water, <sighs> no food. We gave them all our water. We gave them our dry food. Then we towed them like six hundred kilometres. To the nearest service station. These are the these are the things that I did with my son just a couple of months ago, and so now you know. Uh, and, and so yes, we can still have that masculine. You know, for, you know, we got bogged. We we're jumping off cliffs into crocodile infested waters. We we're winching ourselves out and the like. So yes, you can still have those. Those masculine boy type fun, but at the same time, that vulnerability is going to be key for everyone.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
2: wow, that's a great story.
1: I love that. Love that. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's fantastic.
1: We're going to get you back for another show um, because there's there's a couple of things we really want to talk about. A couple of them are a couple of your books, um, and it's all about this this mindset and attitude thing. But just to set the scene for next week, let me let me just finish with this. And so you said in an interview that I saw, and you said it's our decision, not our condition. It's our decision, not our condition that determines a lot of things. So, just leaving leaving the show for this week for the guys listening right now. I mean, they've obviously heard your story. It is incredible. I, I mean, I, I, the times that I've known you and it's been, we were just talking off air, it's been a few years now. You, you've always just been like this. It's insane. I mean, I, I don't know <laughs> whether you wake up like this every single morning or whether you have to G yourself up, but I don't know. It's insane. I want some. If you can bottle it, let me know because I want a bottle <laughs> But um, but for the guys listening, let's just leave them this week. I mean, how do, how do they start? If they, if they hear you and they go like, this is insane. Like, I just don't even know where to start in creating that for myself or how to become that sort of person. A couple of final thoughts around that.
3: Yeah, look, that that quote, um, it's our decision, not our condition. You know, the word decision comes from the Latin word desere, you know, incision. Cision means to cut. We know that, you know, decision. And the word decide, the word side, suicide, pesticide, the word side means to kill. Mm. So the word decision and decide means to cut off and kill. Wow. And I believe, in a way, leaders, you know, they, they, they love sitting on the fence. They don't like making decisions. But my encouragement to everyone listening is maybe it is time for you to make a decision, decision about, you know, your own gratitude, decision about your own career path, decision about your own mindset, and, and even stopping bad behaviors that shouldn't be in your life right now. And so for me, yes, we all have conditions, whether it's financial, mine's very physical, but we've all got conditions in our life. But it is our decision, not our condition, that determines who we are.
1: SamCawthorn.com, by the way, if you'd like to check out Sam's website, samcawthorn.com, lots of stuff on there. And our website is momentumaustralia.org. But look, in all seriousness, have a look around Sam's website because we're going to be chatting with him next week about a couple of his books and explore that and how they can help you move forward, or actually is the term bounce forward, and that will make more sense next week. Sam Cawthorn, it's been an absolute pleasure, man, having you on the show. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us and being vulnerable. That word again, being vulnerable with us today, and uh, excited to have you back on the show next week, man. Take care. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in
0: life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org.